Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. We'll be having another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days coming up at 3.30 as Alex Clancy from Locked On Cards will join us to talk all things Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and those Arizona Cardinals as there's a second team up on the Raiders' schedule for this 2022 regular season. The Raiders are about a week out from rookies reporting to training camp, and then the veterans will report on the 20th. Just a little bit of a roster update. The Raiders uh, earlier today, they tweeted out that they waived cornerback Stanford Samuels III. So uh, not a big roster move, but it takes them from 90 players to 89. So do with it as you may. Just know that Stanford Samuels III is no longer on the team. And more importantly, there's an open roster spot for 90 men. So I'm sure that something is going to come down the pipeline sometime this week. They'll add someone else to that current roster to make 90 as they go into training camp up next week but uh, we want to hear from you Raider Nation we have that Raider Nation listener line wide open like some old school TV antenna 702-365-9200 also the Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R a couple different subjects we're talking about there's a piece out on ESPN uh, from Jeremy Fowler that uh, he went and polled a bunch of different NFL execs and uh, talked about the top 10 quarterbacks in the league Derek Carr was not one of them but he was an honorable mention along with Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray. And if anything was disrespectful was Lamar Jackson being an honorable mention. This guy's a former MVP of the league. So I thought that that was, uh, that was a bigger disrespect, especially having Dak Prescott in there at number nine and Lamar on the outside looking in. As far as I'm concerned, that's that cowboy rub, right? The Cowboys always got to be involved in some kind of conversation. So that's how Dak got in that top ten, and Lamar was left out on the outside. But uh, wanted to get your thoughts on, on what you thought about Derek Carr. I think it's fine. To be there at that honorable mention spot, I think it's right there on the outside looking in, and, and that means that executives around the league are talking about him. So I think that that's a good spot for him. He goes and has a big season this year with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. He will be solidified easily as a top-ten quarterback. But he's got to you know go out there and put in the work, just like the rest of the team has to go out there and put in the work. And then the question that we had thrown out there, what team on the Raiders' 2022 schedule as we're going through the two-a-days right now do you think is the team that folks might be sleeping on? Had a call earlier from Raider Rod talking about the Indianapolis Colts. But we want to hear from you again, 702-365-9200. Salmon ass text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. How about ABA Ivan Davis? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. For sure. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, as the as, as connection was coming on, you know, radio, the app, I don't have an app no more. The last question you mentioned, you just faded out. I didn't get the full question. Uh, about the team, uh, what team on the Raiders' 2022 schedule do you think that teams might be sleeping on? Uh, uh, do we play Miami? Um, no. No, no. Okay, they're not on the schedule, but if I was to choose one, that's who I'd be afraid of right now. Okay. It would be the Dolphins. Okay, uh, but we don't play them. No, they're in the preseason. Uh, we play the Colts, so I would. I guess I have to say the Colts, but I would. I'd be. I'd, I'd say the Dolphins. No one's talking about them, and when they, what they what they put together, 
I, I'd be a little concerned about with Tyreek Hill. I mean, they have nothing but speed. They remind me of Al Davis <laughs> for speed, speed, speed. Right. Okay. But, uh, but now, uh, for the first time, I disagree with you a little bit. That's cool. And I, I favor my man Demond on 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 the comment about Derek Carr. If he throw for what you say he throw for, I don't care if he go over sixteen. He's going to be top. T- he's going to be top ten because that means the defense was an absolute sieve. I mean, beyond understanding sieve, fire a defensive coordinator type situation for him to throw for that many yards and and touch their three 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 receivers. For a thousand yards? Oh no! Well, if they have five thousand, no, if he throws for five thousand yards, I mean they're going to have big seasons. And, and so, uh, and I, I said, my man Demont, he will be top ten. I, I, I don't care what you say. If, if, okay. if you can put some of these quarterbacks in that top ten who don't have Super Bowls, then you could put him in the top ten without having a defense. Because but you, I mean, okay, that's, let, that's let me ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this real quick, A.B. Avenue. Let me ask you this. The reason I said that is because the narrative that we already hear on Derek Carr. So you're telling me the national media, uh, if Derek Carr throws for 5,000 yards and the Raiders don't win a damn game, they're going to put him in the top 10? Yes, yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because these guys put these jacked up things and it's all based on statistics and, okay. and, and numbers. And and he ha- and he has a number because the narrative, I guess what I'm reading is, Derek Carr doesn't get the most out of his talent, which is not right. He does, but with all the weapons, he would have accomplished everything that they said he would uh, that he was that he's supposed to be. He can't help it if he has a bad defense. That's okay. Well, so, hey, that's a great call. Thank you for the call. I've never heard that narrative about Derek Carr, and I'm not a guy that's trying to bash Derek Carr. I've just never heard anyone defend him like that and say, hey, it's not his fault. I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, and I've never heard people say that, yeah, uh, he's great, but uh, it's the rest of the team's fault. I hear everyone calling in, screaming and yelling that he can't get it done. So if he were to throw for 5,000 yards, and I'm not talking about Raider fans, I'm talking about the outside media, I don't think they're putting him in the top ten because they don't give him the credit now. But that's just me. So one minute everyone's defending the guy, the next minute they're not. So I, I don't I don't know what to think, but that's okay. What do you got, Demond? Uh, just you know when someone finally jumps on your side, sometimes it's like, oh man, somebody's agreeing with me and not Q. It's like, ah, oh, good. And then he took it to the he went way left. He took it left like further than I was trying to take it. And he had that same season that Deshaun Watson had. Obviously, I I think you would have to if you lead the league and you have a, a career low in interceptions, top five in touchdowns. The statistics, the numbers are just going to say, if you just put those numbers up, it'd right. be like, that's that's a top 10 season. Right. You know, regardless of the I wins. I agree. But obviously, you got to win something. Right. Then, well, you know, I, yeah. No, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what ABA Ivan Davis is saying. I just have never heard anyone on the outside talk about Derek Carr like that. And I that's see your what, point. That's that, what I'm factoring in, is that when has D.C. ever got that kind of credit before? That one season, the one MVP vote season. 2016. Yep. That's all everyone goes back to. Yeah. 2016. I see your point. They're not even showing him the love when he is good. Right. So why would that, they show him the love if he's put got great numbers but the and team that's, sucks? And that's my only point. That's all I'm trying to say. Mitch in New Jersey, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's great. How you doing? It's fantastic. <laughs> me, me too. Just with some of these rules, I'll get to it. Well, first of all, doesn't gangster gangster Raider? I I you could, I could swear you're talking to uh, Ice Cube. <laughs> you know, I always get Ice Cube and Ice Tea mixed up. One's skinny, one's light skinned, and one's rapping. on SUV, and one's dark skinned and has covered the big three. 
Oh, I was gonna say one's a heavy, one's heavier, the other one's skinny. The other one likes his meals too much. But that's ice true, but that's who he sounds like. Okay, not talking about fans. That is that's is that Ice Cube. Okay, I'm totally I'm totally lost. Okay, <laughs> no, it's not Ice Cube. No, no, no. Gangster, it's not a bit. It's not a bit. No, no, no. It's definitely Gangster Raider. <laughs> okay, this sounds like well, my my grandson came three days early. I'm officially a grandfather now, as of since four thirty. Nice. I, I, well, yeah, thank you. But I haven't been able to see because you only have one one person, and, and grandfather gets bumped by dad. You know. Of course, so I have to do tomorrow. Oh, these rules. Well, I'm great. Sherry's up great. No, I wear my mask. It's 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 not going away. I think it's been rising. But anyway, um, I would take Dan Marino with most of these quarterbacks, and he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. He's been to one second season, never saw it again, never sniffed it either. Right? Um, car's good. Lamar should be up there. Mister uh, uh, Zach, the, the cowboy guy, get out of here. This is so much anti anti rating uh, pro cowboy, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, that's what it says to me. All right, hey, good stuff, Miss. Thank you, and congratulations again, man. It's it's awesome to be a a, a grandfather, man. Enjoy that, uh, soak that up, and I'm sure you'll spoil that baby like everyone else does. So, uh, uh, congratulations again on that. So, uh, yeah, a lot lot of a lot of stuff to unpack there in the last few calls. Definitely appreciate all of them. And, of course, your text as well, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, cover three real quick. Let me get a couple little nuggets in. Go ahead. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I wanted to bring this up. I think it's very important because, DeMond, as you know, here in Las Vegas, the next few days is supposed to be like 111 out. It's going to be blazing hot, and it's going to get hot, and it's always hot around this time of year. But it's very important to stay hydrated. You know, Denzel Perriman, who I believe is going to actually call the show tomorrow, he talks about it all the time. Stay hydrated, stay hydrated, stay hydrated. I know my mom texted me earlier today, hey, be careful out there, stay hydrated. Marion Barber, remember when uh, he passed away June 1st? They found him in uh, Frisco, Texas. They found him dead in his apartment. Well, it comes back that he died from a heat stroke. Just like that, died from a heat stroke. At his age, 38 years old, a former running back, NFL running back, who you think is even past, past his playing time in decent shape, right? He died of a heat stroke. So I just want to throw that out there, that that is what the reports are, is that he passed away from that when they, he was found uh, unresponsive in his apartment. Again, 38 years old, Frisco, Texas is where he was, and the reports are just coming in about him passing away from heat stroke. So I tell you this, Raider Nation, regardless where you're at, either Las Vegas or anywhere else where it's blazing hot, Fresno, the Valley, anywhere, it don't matter, Texas, stay hydrated, stay hydrated, and stay hydrated some more because, man, bad things can happen quick fast and in a hurry, just like in the case of one Marion Barber. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? His agent says the quarterback is on schedule in his shoulder rehab, and there's actually reports that he may be officially traded sometime this month towards the end of the month, and it looks like one of the the leaders in the clubhouse for him is potentially the Seattle Seahawks, who are a division rival right there as far as uh, as far as the NFC West go. And, you know, I don't know how big of a rival rival they are, but they're division opponents. You don't really see teams trade within their division too often. But this would be uh, an interesting landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'll say this, and I've said it for a long time, especially now that Baker Mayfield is uh, officially a Carolina Panther, that 
Seattle, if they are going to try to be competitive this year, they're not doing it with Drew Locke, and they're not doing it with Geno Smith. I don't give a damn what you say. I don't care what Pete Carroll says, that he likes the Drew Locke, he likes this, that, and the other. I don't buy it. You're not winning anything with Drew Locke, and you're not winning anything with Geno Smith. So if that's the, the way that they're going to go, trade for Jimmy G now that Baker Mayfield is completely off the market, I can see it. It makes sense as a landing spot. Really, it's the only landing spot, right? I mean, that's really all that's left. And I don't see the Browns trading for him. I mean, they've already – they don't – I don't one, they don't have anything to trade. But I, I just – I think that if they're going to go anywhere, if Jimmy G is going to go anywhere, uh, maybe that is the spot, Seattle. And, and, again, I just feel like that they've just been kind of sitting around waiting to see what happens. And it's funny, over the weekend there was a report that came out from uh, Dan Cilio – uh, who used to play in the NFL. He's been around for a very long time in the, in the, in the um, media ranks. First of all, when a report comes out from him, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I guess I am being disrespectful, I don't take it worth too much of anything because he's been proven more times than not to be wrong. There's certain guys, you know, that, and that's why I don't go out there and start running with rumors that are just rumors. Like, I feel very confident when Vinny says something. I feel very confident when Vic Tafer says something, when Tashawn says something, when Paul Gutierrez says something. I feel very confident that it's coming from a good place and that they know what they're talking about. But when a guy like Dan Cilio says something, I really just say, okay, I'll wait for the next report. Anyway, over the weekend, uh, there was a report came out from him saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were talking about trading for Jimmy G to have him be heir apparent to Tom Brady once again. And Don Yee, who is Jimmy G's uh, agent, and he's also uh, Tom Brady's agent, said that uh, that is false. He did not talk to anybody about that. Uh, there is nothing to uh, to be, nothing even close to being remotely true when it comes to that. But did say that he's on on uh, schedule as far as his shoulder rehab goes. So uh, there's that. You could see Jimmy Garoppolo traded by the end of the month. I've said it for a long time. I think that he needs to stay right there in San Francisco. I'm not convinced that Trey Lance is the guy, but I know how much they gave up to get him. So, of course, he's going to be playing sooner rather than later. Uh, Lamar Jackson over the weekend. DeMond, I don't know if you saw this, but he changed his header. You know, that's what we have to pay attention to is headers on Twitter and tweets and all that other stuff. Guys tweeting out lyrics. It's like, what did he mean by that? Well, that's a song, you know. But uh, he changed his header to I Need Money, which actually came from the movie How High. Uh, one of the guys in How High actually had that grill, and that's what Lamar Jackson explained the other day. Like, hey, that's where it came from. But, of course, it is a classic. It is a classic. And I, I think I've only seen that movie like three or four times. Only? Yeah, I mean, because you see it just random, like it'll be on. It's not like I sat there and paid attention to it the whole time, but that movie just randomly pops on. Sometimes it's on TV. Sometimes, you know, you'll you'll be, go somewhere and it'll be on, and you just kind of happen to see it. But I was a big Method Man and Red Man guy back in the day, so that's why I watched that. But uh, that's what he was explaining the other day. But we all know that he also is trying to negotiate or in the midst of negotiation, contract negotiations with uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. So a lot of people expected that he was sending a message to the team saying he needs money. I think Lamar Jackson has no problem saying, hey, Baltimore, the money you're offering is not enough. You need to give me some more. I I don't think he has to change his header on his Twitter account to a grill that says I need money for everyone to get the point that he needs money. I I do think that he's sending a message. Obviously, you can go out and say that to the team, but this is his way of trying to get that, garner that public support. Unlike Kyler Murray, who's just going out there trying to burn bridges and just saying, hey, I'll delete every post from the team off my (laughs) Instagram. It's just a simple, I need money. You know? I think think everybody knows that. I think everyone knows it. I I don't really take too much to it. It could be he's sending a message, but I also think him acting as his own agent, he could send all the messages he wants. Hey, I need more money. He's acting as his own agent. He's not like he's, you know what I mean? It's not like he has to go through someone else. He's the one that gets to talk to the team directly, so... 
That's part of being the agent. Hey, you know, what would your agent say? Hey, man, my guy needs more money, right? You don't have to send a message on Twitter. But, I, you know, hey, it's 2022, and that's what the kids do. And also the negotiating, it does. you don't need to look at, oh, he doesn't know about contracts and numbers. Just uh, give me something similar to Deshaun Watson. <laughs> give me the same thing, but give me $10 million more. I mean, yeah, I'm an MVP. Right, exactly. And I have no trouble. I have no trouble. I don't bring a bad look to your, your, your organization. I would have used that for sure. You know, I tell you all the time, I'd be a terrible free agent, but I know I would use that. That's one, that's one element that I would use. I'd go back to that. they say, Q, is that the only argument you got? I'd say, hey, Jack, that's the only one I need. That is the only one I need. I ain't got in no trouble off the field. You ain't got no questions. People ain't civil suiting me and all that. No, I'm good. Oh, no, by the way, I was an MVP too, so that doesn't help so, or doesn't hurt. So go ahead and uh, run me my money. That would be, that would be my negotiation. It would be sweet, short, and simple. Right to the point. How about this, Demond? Are you a Sunday ticket guy? Are you a DirecTV guy? Yes, I am. I I got DirecTV when I was in Texas for a couple of seasons because obviously I couldn't see the Raider home games or the Raider games, period, uh, because it wasn't in our home market. So I did get DirecTV and the Sunday ticket, and I loved every minute of it. I loved being able to watch every game and, you know, put, like, multiple games on the TV. That was great. Well, after this season, DirecTV is not going to have Sunday ticket anymore. And this was actually announced on Friday. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell said that it's going to be a streaming service. It could be Apple. It could be Disney. It could be Amazon. But one of those streaming services is going to have it. It will not be DirecTV. So, that's what I used to go to DirecTV for. Now, obviously, I'm here, so I don't need to, to have DirecTV, even though I, I do actually like that service a lot more than I like the service that I currently have. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. But now, who knows how much it's going to cost, first of all, because obviously a lot of people love having that Sunday ticket, and that is a game changer, man. Having a Sunday ticket is awesome, but you're going to need a streaming service, either Apple, Disney, or Amazon. And I'll tell you right now, my guess, my best guess, just my gut feeling, which is what I roll with all the time, it's going to be Amazon. Yeah, they do have the money, but I don't think that this is going to be a price cu- price cut for people. Like, hey, the Sunday ticket moving, maybe it's going to be a little bit cheaper. No, it's not. It's going to be, oh, it, no. Exactly, yeah. No, it's going to so be. Just for people who's like, oh, I got Amazon Prime, I don't think this is going to come oh, no. with your Amazon Prime. No, it's like DJ Khaled <laughs> says, uh, or Fat Joe, who's that? who said, we're all the way up. Who said that? That's Fat Joe. Yeah, there you go. Fat Joe, That's the, yeah, get your best Fat Joe on because it's going to go all the way up. Trust me on that. Uh, that streaming service is going to be expensive. I just think it's going to be Amazon because you see what they've been doing, right? They got the Thursday night football rights already, and they're already putting together this star-studded roster of, of different analysts and, and play-by-play callers and sideline reporters. They're spending a lot of money. They ain't spending a lot of money for no reason, right? They're not doing it for no reason. So that's why I think that Amazon's going to get it. But it could be Disney. It could be Apple. I mean, basically, hell, it could be Lotus Broadcasting if they spend enough money, right? I mean, yes. it's, it's, I mean, whoever goes out and rolls out the most money, that's who it's going to go to. We know it's going to go to the highest bidder. So... I just think that Amazon's going to be the one with the deeper pockets and say, you know what, we're going to go all the way in because that's what we've been doing so far. So they got the rights to Thursday Night Football right now. I believe in my, in my gut that they're going to have the rights to the Sunday ticket. But I know one thing, DirecTV will not have it following this 2022 season. So that's kind of a little side note. So if you're thinking about re-upping your DirecTV and the only and your bargaining chip is, well, I'm going to cancel. Remember when people used to say that? I'm going to cancel because it's too expensive. Then they're like, oh, I'll throw in a Sunday ticket for you, and then you stay around. You ain't going to be able to do that next year. So just go ahead and plan accordingly to what you've got to do. So that's all I got for you for Cover 3, little NFL news and notes of the day. 321 is the time. We'll come back, get to some more of your calls and texts. Plus, we'll go into another round of... 
Training Camp Two-A-Days with Alex Clancy from Locked On Cards. Talk all things Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and those Arizona Cardinals. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The Judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. You heard Lester Hayes right there. He is a semifinalist for the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame on the senior committee, him and Amy Trask. So the Raiders could have representation in the Pro Football Hall of Fame three years in a row. As last year was Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. This year it's going to be Cliff Branch. Potentially next year it could be Lester Hayes and also Amy Trask. Coming up at 3.30, we'll have another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days. We'll talk to Alex Clancy from Locked On Cards, talk all things Arizona Cardinals. <clears throat> Excuse me. We asked the two questions about, or the three questions, one positive going into training camp, one negative going into training camp, and what's his biggest question about the team heading into training camp. So those are the three of the questions, three of the questions that we'll be asking Alex coming up about 3.30. I just saw something that... Raider Nation is going to find very funny, very funny. And that is Lovey Smith is the new head coach there in Houston with the Texans, right? Longtime defensive coordinator. He's also uh, been a head coach before, uh, led the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl. Uh, he was on the radio station uh, that actually John McClain is a, a frequent visitor on uh, there in, in Houston, and he was talking about Malik Collins. Remember Malik Collins? Remember he was on the defensive side of things for the Raiders just a couple seasons ago? Remember John Gruden said he is the key to the Raiders' defense? He is going to be the guy to make everything go? Well, Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith called the Texans three technique. Malik Collins, the engine, says that that's where it all starts. So another head coach in the NFL is talking about Malik Collins being the engine to make everything go, or as John Gruden called him, the key to the success of the defense. So for some reason, Malik Collins keeps – Getting every team to buy into the hype, but we'll have to wait and see. I just thought that that was funny, pretty humorous. Thought Raider Nation would get a good laugh out of that when they heard that. Uh, also had a couple text messages on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R that I wanted to get to, including this one from Raider Mike, talking about I wish Denver would have kept locked. He was the gift, the, the gift that kept on giving, talking about Drew Locke right there. And I agree 100%. Drew Locke was that guy, and that's why they obviously had to move on from him. But he was that guy that you knew every single time he was out there on the field, there was a chance he was going to throw an interception. You knew that he was going to throw a couple good passes and he you know, could win a couple games, but you also knew there was always going to be an opportunity that he could throw an interception, and uh, as long as the team goes out there and creates that turnover, good things could happen. And, of course, the Raiders took – full advantage of Drew Locke multiple times and turned that dude over. And so, yeah, uh, I didn't – it was so funny when I when I thought that Aaron Rodgers was the guy that could potentially end up in Denver and then he ended up staying in Green Bay. I thought, oh, wow, well, Denver's going to be in trouble for the next couple of years, whatever, as long as they got Drew Locke back there. Then they obviously go make the move for Russell Wilson. We'll see what happens to that, how it shakes out. But found that to be pretty interesting as far as, uh, as, far as uh, Malik Collins. I thought that that was funnier. The funnier part, Malik Collins is the engine that makes everything go. So there is that right now, and I believe DeMond is efforting Alex Clancy from Locked On Cars to talk all things Arizona Cardinals. One of the questions that I threw out there on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, as we're doing these uh, training camp two-a-days, what team on the Raiders' 2022 schedule do you think is a team that 
or the yeah the team that most folks are sleeping on. Uh, we've had a couple answers already about the about the Indianapolis Colts. ABA Ivan Davis said the Miami Dolphins. The Raiders play the Dolphins in the preseason, but I don't think anybody's really sleeping on the Dolphins because uh, I think a lot of people have talked about all the weapons they have. I think a lot of questions are in Miami. Is the trigger man, is Tua really the guy or not? That's something that's remained to be seen. If he's not, he'll probably be his last year in Miami, but that's for another day. Right now it's time for us to get into another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days. It's time for another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days. As your boy Q takes a look at every team on the Raiders' 2022 regular season schedule here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And the second team on the schedule for the Silver and Black in 2022 is the Arizona Cardinals. That's also the Raiders' first home game at Allegiant Stadium. And to help us break it on down is Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cards, at Clancy's Corner on Twitter, and uh, a guy that I consider a really good friend. So, Alex, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon, my man. Before we get into training camp two-a-days, what's the buzz like right now when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals? How's the fan base feeling about the team? I've never seen a fan base more split with quarterback or front office and who's it's, who's its fault for um, the 2020 and 2021 collapse. It's wild. It's wild. And I think it's split down the middle. Huh. Interesting. So as far as it being split down the middle, what is, I mean, what is the main reason for it? Is it Kyler Murray? Is it Cliff Kingsbury? What, what's the, what's the biggest cause for the split? So, um, you know, Kyler Murray's not a perfect quarterback yet. I don't think there, I don't think there's any question about that, but, it seems like the vitriol is coming in from Kyler Murray not being able to step up in games when they need to do so, when a coach can only do so much, and things like that, which I understand. I mean, it's, it's a confirmation bias either way. You're a Cliff guy, and you blame the player, or you're a Kyler guy, and you blame the coach for not necessarily um, you know, being an NFL-caliber head coach. So it's, it really goes back and forth. And listen, I could debate both sides. I have a thought. I mean, I, I'm a Kyler Murray guy, but it's, it's a – it's interesting. It's it's uh, great for business, Q. <laughs> I bet. I, I no doubt about that. It's always something to talk about, as I know very well. Just talking about Derek Carr when it comes to the Raiders and Alex. Before we jump into this training camp two a day, as we got a series of questions for you. When it comes to Kyler Murray, I'm sure you've seen the piece put out there on ESPN from Jeremy Fowler. Uh, he was a quarterback on the outside looking into the top ten. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, and Kyler Murray, all three of those guys on the outside looking in. Uh, did you have any problem with that ranking? Do you think it's just right? What were your thoughts when you saw that? I think it is absolutely spot on. Kyler Murray is not a top 10 quarterback yet. I don't, I'm not sure why when you say a quarterback is a great quarterback or has the potential to be great, that it has to be top 10. There's only 10 that can be in the top 10. <laughs> right. And, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, they're screwing it up for everybody. They come in and they're already ready made. And that's not how football was played from the quarterback position like ever. So I think 11, 10, 11, absolutely perfect for him he's he's got a long way to go I think this is the year where he's really gonna pop and and look I'm with you I have no problem as well with Derek Carr being on the outside looking in because look at least they're talking about him right I mean there's a lot of quarterbacks (laughs) that weren't even being talked about so at least they're on the radar and I kind of wondered about Lamar Jackson on the outside looking in I thought that that was a little suspect but that's for another day. Again, we're talking with Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cards, here on NSA Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond is going to start us off with our training camp two a day. Yeah, Alex, with this Cardinals team, what's the biggest positive with this team coming into this upcoming season? Uh, the offense is supposed to be like something we haven't seen in the desert ever. I mean, I feel like that's the positive. Hollywood Brown, even though DeAndre Hopkins is out six weeks, they've got all the offensive players in the NFL, it seems like, compared to what we had uh, to, to watch in 2018. They've got 
They're stacked, a wide receiver and running back and quarterback. Um, see what happens with Rodney Hudson. That's really the only question mark. But, I mean, that's got to be the positive because Steve Kime, the overcorrector himself, went defense-defense in the first round of the last two years with the two ILBs, and he didn't do that this draft. Let's just say it that way with Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride, the first pick he took off the board in the second round. You know, and this is not one of the series of questions that we asked you for training camp two a days, but you did bring up Hollywood Brown. I wanted to mention him uh, sometime before we let you go. Uh, what What is his role going to be, and how big of a season can he potentially have teaming back up with his college teammate like Derek Carr is with Devontae Adams and like Joe Burrow is with uh, Jamar Chase in Cincinnati? How do you think that that could affect Hollywood Brown and his, uh, his production this year? See, Jamar Chase screwed it up for everybody also. This isn't <laughs> supposed to happen, Q. It's not supposed to happen. They're supposed to draft Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater and be responsible, but they drafted his caller who sat out a year, and he's the best receiver. We've, uh, it, it's, it doesn't those – those expectations aren't fair. Devontae Adams coming over to play with Derek Carr, I feel like this is the perfect mix for them now because Derek Carr has now emerged. He's a veteran quarterback if they were if they came into the league at the same time i don't think Derek carr would have been ready even though they had a great record his first or second year kyler marina hollywood brown i don't know man like it's the ceiling should be you know 1500 yards 10 touchdowns right i mean i I feel like that's especially with being the wide receiver one for the first six weeks i'm more looking at sustainability throughout the season can he have seven catches for 70 yards every game right is that possible? And then he pops off for, you know, four for 160 and two touchdowns when he gets over the top of the defense twice, twice in one game against a bad secondary. I'm more looking at the floor than the ceiling. This is the first time he's ever really had a pass-first offense. It is the first time. And there's going to be other people that are going to get to eat on offense, not named Mark Andrews, which is the only other one in Baltimore. So I feel like he's going to see more one-on-one coverage than he's seen in his first couple of seasons. I just don't know that 2018 will translate to now, Oklahoma to here when those guys are playing against guys who had to go to calculus class on Monday, you know? (laughs) Right. No doubt about it. Absolutely. All right, Alex, and you mentioned the positive has got to be that Cardinals offense. So what's going to be the biggest negative for this Cardinals team? Negative? um, So flat-out negative, I think, is the the cornerback room. Um, Byron Murphy – made a step last year. Um, he's going to be in the Christian Kirk kind of journey where we'll see what happens this year. Uh, they don't have a great pass rush, which makes the cornerback's job a lot more difficult, especially one that has Byron Murphy as CB1 and Marco Wilson, second-year fourth-round pick out of Florida, uh, as CB2. Like, I don't – I'm not really sure – I think that's going to be the next. I'm not really sure if Steve Kime just forgot that you have to have <laughs> cornerbacks on, on, the, on the field. I'm not exactly sure. Or they're just relying on Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson to be world beaters like they have been up to this point, probably the most underrated safety duo in the NFL. I did like Brian Murphy a lot when he was coming out of college. I thought he was going to be a dog. I think he has potential. You know, I mean, what, what is it going to take for Byron Murphy to take that next step? Like, what is it that you see in him where you're like, okay, he shows flashes, but he's got to be consistent? Yeah, I mean, the game's just got to slow down that one extra step. Like, he's so close. We've seen, we've seen those flashes. You're right. I call them the oh-my-God moments. We've seen a couple of those, which you don't need a whole bunch. You want your corner to not ever be mentioned, like your offensive line. Right. You don't want the corner's name to be mentioned unless it's a, a, a pass deflection or an interception. You want them to be doing their job, 
under the radar, you know, taking away half the field or close to it. He just, I, I hope the game slows down just one more tick for him. And also, sustained offensive drives throughout the course of an NFL season really helps the defense also. And I think that that's going to be more important than the defense stopping teams from putting up a 25-burger game. It's more the Cardinals need to score 27 a game at this point with the roster is currently constructed. Yeah, and you mentioned that the lack of pass rush is going to hurt the cornerbacks for this team. So what went into the factor of letting Chandler Jones go this offseason? Ooh. You tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Said. <laughs> last time I talked to Q, the last time I heard from one of my close buddies was, hey, can you come out and talk about Chandler Jones not being an Arizona Cardinal anymore? That's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, I hope, hope everything's going on with you and your family, too. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. You know, Marcus Golden, <laughs> all joking aside, like, Marcus Golden is – Steve Kime, as much flack as I give him, them trading a six-round pick to get Marcus Golden back from New York was like one of the best moves that he's made. And Marcus Golden, although he's in an advanced stage, he's going to be, he's going to have to be the lead pass rusher at this point, unless they want to shift Saban Collins or Isaiah Simmons outside, which I just don't, I don't see is going to be in the cards. They drafted, uh, they had a couple third-round draft picks, um, Cam Thomas and Jai Sanders, it, it, you know, I think one's going to play with his hand in the dirt. The other's going to be a pass rusher, play the end. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the plan is. Well, there you go. That's always that's always a problem when you can't see the plan and you don't know what the plan is. We're talking right now with Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cards, uh, on Twitter at Clancy's Corner here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Well, the final question that we have, we always have a series of three questions when it comes to training camp two a days. What is your biggest question mark for the Arizona Cardinals as they head into training camp? Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Okay, and nice. like that's on the field because right. Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons can take their respective steps from year two to year three and year one to year two. Like, I think if, if Isaiah Simmons emerges as a guy that we all thought, I mean, anybody that says that Isaiah Simmons wasn't going to be a good NFL player when what we watched at Clemson was like he was playing a video game, they'd be lying to you. So we need to see if he's able to do that more this year because it's them on an island in the middle of the field. But, but the other one, like the biggest question mark for question mark's sake is, is Ronnie Hudson coming back or not? Because if Rodney Hudson doesn't, if Rodney Hudson retires, and Steve Kine knew that Rodney Hudson was thinking about retiring before the draft, if that report is true, and they still decided to go off to go wide receiver and tight end instead of drafting Tyler Linderbaum at, at twenty three, it's like, what the hell are we doing here? So if, if Rodney Hudson comes back, I see this team as a double digit win team. You guys know out there how important yeah. he is. Oh yeah. So, and, and oh, he also yeah. makes up for the deficiencies is the wrong word, but lower level, like C minus student work from the guard position with the Cardinals. You know, he's, he does it all. So if he comes back, the Cardinals are a double digit win team. And if he doesn't, I mean, it could get, we could have what I call very uncomfortable conversations come mid season. Well, we know we all know about very uncomfortable conversations. I think you and me have both been there. Just got a couple more questions for you, Alex. And and one is, can you give us a sleeper? Can you give us one person that you're paying attention to that you think, you know what, at the end of training camp, if everything goes right or end of preseason, a lot of people are going to be talking about this individual. Let's be Rondo Moore. Okay. I mean, like, the reason why is Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, you know, the, the big names, the play, the hits, James Conner, uh, Darrell Williams, who they brought in, who I think is a super underrated signing by the Cardinals. Anybody that plays fantasy football 
knows how great uh, Drew Williams is to stash on the bench. Um, but if Rondell Moore can take that step, even if they use him as a Debo Samuel light, I know he can't do the same thing as Debo can weighing you know, 60 pounds less, but we saw flashes from him last year too. And if Cliff Kingsbury can figure out a way to utilize him, on, you know, past the line of scrimmage this year, instead of those Jarvis Landry 11 catches for 48-yard numbers, like, Rondell Moore, his ceiling, there isn't one. He's one of the fastest kids, cats in the league already. Like, he could be a guy definitely to watch out for. All right, Alex, and last one for me. Does Kyler Murray get a new contract before the regular season starts? Ooh, good one. Oh, you. This is why I didn't <laughs> want to come on the show. No, um, I, uh, do I think he will? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think on Thursday, little math for you. Pat McAfee had Steve Kime on. It's 47 days ago from today. Thursday will be day 50 when Steve Kime said Kyler Murray is the future of this organization, and we haven't heard a peep. Wow. So, like, one thing, Q, I know you think outside the box a lot. Like, just because it's never happened before, who cares? Sign them. Mm-hmm. It, like, I, I don't understand that if you're comparing Carson Wentz and Jared Goff's contracts, like, don't. Like, I know that they got him early and it didn't necessarily work out, but I do, do I think I will trust Steve Kime that, yes, yes, I will say yes with a period. Yes. <laughs> it's not a it's not a very confident trust right there when it comes to Steve Kime and yourself, but uh, we'll see. And I'll say this, man, Kyler Murray. Well, you know, and the quarterback position before Kyler Murray got there was in one spot. Where it's at now is a lot better spot. Does he have work to do? Hell yes, but it's a lot better position than it was before he arrived. I mean, that's I think it's that simple, right? Isn't it that simple? The Arizona Cardinals need him so much more than people think. Just for every reason, he's he's the first young quarterback that they've that, that they've had that has star potential. I mean, I guess you could say Jake Plummer, but I mean, in the last twenty plus years, right? He's the guy. He could change the face of this organization. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent Alex, great stuff as always, my man. It's always great to catch up to you. Next time, I'll ask you about the family first, and then <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, what do you got if, coming up? If you up? want to ask me about my dog who's about to pass, you know, whatever, just just get that stuff. Give me the positive <laughs> stuff first. I got you. I got. Well, how about this? What do you got coming out on Locked On Cardinals that we need to be on the lookout for? <laughs> oh, just venom. If, if, if the Cardinals don't, if the Cardinals don't re-sign him because what camps what less than two weeks away. Yeah. If the Cardinals do not sign him, like before preseason starts, it's going to be I'm going to have to have the bleep meter on. Wow. But I know I'm going to be doing some. It's, it's still list season, man. There's some very interesting storylines going into training camp. A lot of question marks. The Cardinals have more X-Factors than sure things on this roster. So it's going to be fascinating, and you'll be able to check it all out on Markdown Cardinals. There you go. Well, Alex, thank you for your time, man. It's always great to catch up with your brother. I appreciate you, and we'll, we'll catch up soon. You got it, man. Take it easy. All right, my man. There he goes. Alex Clancy, host of Locked On Cards. You can find him on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Really good dude. I remember uh, I used to do crossover shows with him all the time on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we were, one day we were in, I believe, was it Arizona? It might have been Arizona at the Super Bowl. Uh, I can't remember, but all of a sudden I got a text message from him. He's like, hey, man, are you sitting across from me right now? And we are literally sitting right across, like two or three tables away from each other. And I said, yeah, hey, by the way, that is me. And so that's how we uh, actually officially met in person and became really good friends. So uh, Alex is a good dude, does a great job on Locked On Cards. So 
Raider Nation, if you're looking for something to get, get you up to date on what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals, obviously uh, they're the second week of the regular season, the first home game uh, for the Raiders this upcoming year uh, in the 2022 season. You can definitely check out Alex Clancy and all his work because he'll definitely let you know about it. 3.46 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number two. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Just wrapped up another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days with Alex Clancy talking all things Cardinals. So, so far we've talked Chargers, Cardinals. Up next on the on the lineup, on the schedule for the Raiders in 2022 is the Tennessee Titans. So we'll be talking to Teron Davenport from ESPN. He'll join us at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock, to talk all things Tennessee Titans. And we'll hit him with the three questions. The Training Camp Two-A-Days has to have all three of these questions. It has, has to have a positive. Every team's got a positive, right? Got to have a negative. Every team's got a negative, and every team has a question. No team is complete. No team is 100% positive, and no team is 100% negative. There's a couple teams that are pretty close to 100% negative, but not 100%. So uh, we can go through every single team that's on the Raiders roster and on their schedule and find a positive, a negative, and a question mark. And, of course, we roll off of that a little bit. And, you know, you know like Alex talked about Marquise Hollywood Brown, so then we would go into conversation about, well, what does he bring to the table? So we can kind of, you know, that's, that's our basic tree, and then we'll have some branches that, that go from those three questions. But – I think that's a lot of fun to, to go ahead and do the little training camp two-a-days as we are, you know, just a, about a week away from the Raiders getting training camp started. And most of these teams, if they're not starting at the same time as the Silver and Black, they're starting pretty close to the same time. So looking forward to next week being out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We do not have our schedule yet, so I don't know what time it's going to be. And after that, it's all up in the air. So there could be a lot of times where I'm at the, the home studio where, DeMond, where I'm at right now and DeMond's at the uh, Finley Cadillac Performance Studio like he is right now. Uh, you know, he could be in there and I could be at the home studio depending on what time uh, this, the, the training camp sessions are going to be and the media sessions are going to be and, and all the action. And uh, it's just going to be one of those things. you got to keep your head on a swivel. So we'll be very uh, cautious of what's going on. But uh, that's, that's just it's that time of year, man. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun to see these guys get ready for some NFL action. I, I got a text message on the Salmon Ass text line, 69187, keyword R&R from Mailman Raider, and I hate, to, I hate to hear this. He said, Q, just got pulled up on and mail robbed. So all to, to all my delivery drivers out there, be safe. That could happen at any moment. That's scary, man. That's really scary. And you're absolutely right, though. And hopefully everything's okay with you. And hopefully nothing, you know, nothing bad happened. And I'm assuming that you're okay because you're able to text in uh, to let us know what happened. But I remember when I was delivering FedEx, I've told this story before. And it was around Christmas time. And I remember they had told us probably, I don't know, probably a week before Christmas, the Christmas season really got going. Everyone said, uh, or the bosses there said, make sure you, you watch your trucks when you get out because uh, during the Christmas holidays, the guys get desperate. Folks get desperate, and they want, they want to go and get you whatever packages you have on your truck. And so we all kind of, you know, we took it for what it's worth. But at the same time, you never think that, you know, oh, your truck's going to get jacked or whatever. I went into Radio Shack, and I don't even think Radio Shack's around anymore, but I went into Radio Shack, and I had a pretty big delivery, and I had a big delivery every single day to Radio Shack. They always had a lot of packages coming in, and they always had a lot that they are sending out. So I backed my truck up, you know, went out the back door. I always left my back door open because I could see into the truck. So apparently somebody had been watching me because they jumped in the, the side door of the truck, and when I'm walking back from inside of Radio Shack, I see the – because the back door is open, I see in the truck – and dude's like looking at packages, and I was, all I say is, "Really?" 
Really? Like, you're not even going to try to be slick? Like, you're just going to jump on the truck with the doors open? Like, you're not even going to try to be slick? And then all of a sudden, he he took off and he ran, but he he left all the packages, so I didn't get jacked. But, uh, it man, it could happen quick, fast, and hurry. So the Mailman Raider's right, man. You got to be careful out there. Oh, that story ended a lot better than I thought it was. Oh, man. Uh, you yeah, yeah. Happy ending with yours. Hey, look, I'll tell you, like, like the mailman raider probably said, and this is what I would have done if he had tried to take some packages. Well, he's gonna have to get on with some packages, man. You know what I mean? It just, it just ain't worth it. It really isn't. Like, you don't want to get jacked. You don't want to lose your packages, but you also don't know what that guy's working with and what they're, you know, doing. And desperate people do dumb stuff and desperate stuff. So if he had tried to take a box or two, well, he would have just taken a box or two, and someone would have got got away and wouldn't have got their stuff. It would have just been that simple. I would have I would have gone back to the to the shop and been like, "Hey, man, I lost a couple today." <laughs> yeah, I mean, straight up, I lost a couple. And you being the California, is that a California area code where mailman raiders mailman raiders from? Yeah, the five and dime. Yeah, that's uh that's the uh, the Hayward, uh, Oakland area, the East Bay. So I don't know. He could be. I don't. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember where mailman raiders delivering at. But uh, yeah, he's. He's uh that's an East Bay number that he's uh he's texting from. So uh and that one that when I was delivering FedEx it happened to me and to Larry uh at the radio shack. Like I said, that was a that was a spot. And so that obviously shows that those guys be paying attention to everything that you're doing. They know your routine, you know, they they scope it out for a while and then they're ready to jump on you. But uh again, nothing happened bad to me and it sounds like the mailman raider's okay. So uh big ups on the on the on uh, giving us a heads up on that because I know there's a lot of delivery guys that do listen to the show, and we do appreciate that. 3.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three of the show, and we'll do it with Teron Davenport from ESPN. Training Camp 2-a-days two a- two a- continue here on Radio Nation Radio 920.